So tonight we're going to move from the loving-kindness practice to the second of the Brahma-viharas to the practice of compassion. And so for those of you who have been practicing the metta as a, either as a companion to your Vipassana practice or as intensive practice of the Brahma-viharas, we're going to shift at this point now And so it can be helpful for you to shift into the compassion practice also so that you can get a sense of what the compassion practice brings forth for you. Compassion is a different emphasis than the loving-kindness. As the Loving-kindness has the intention for wishing uh, for people to be happy, for ourselves or others to be happy or to be well, to have well-being. In the compassion practice, we turn the loving-kindness towards the painful aspect of experience. So it's a shift in a way from the happiness to the more a painful aspect of experience. But yet, it is still taking the quality of metta. We're not like leaving behind the metta, but we're taking the quality of metta and turning the metta towards the pain, like touching that which is painful, that which is uh, suffering in our, in our experience, both our own and uh, the experience of others. So the compassion practice needs a certain amount of skill to be able to do that, to be able to turn the the loving heart towards the pain without getting caught in the states of sorrow and grief, fear, and attachment, particularly attachment to the way we want things to be rather than the way things are. So when we turn our attention towards the painful element, we begin to examine our relationship to that suffering, to how we hold the suffering within our own mind, within our own heart. In the same way that the metta practice acts as a mirror and a reflection for us to see where our heart is, the same with the compassion practice. It's, it's, as, it's as if it were a mirror, holding up a mirror and looking back at ourselves and saying, yes, this is what I'm capable of. This is my capacity in this moment and then this moment and then the next moment. The capacity to turn towards the pain, to turn, turn towards the sorrowful aspect of this existence. Again, we are... Uh, by saying may I or may you is a kind of a, a wish for us to be free of the, of the pain, a wish to be free of the uh, a sorrow and the difficult aspect of this existence. And we're, we're wishing for that. We, we have a, a way that we're expressing that intention for people to be free. And yet we also know that it's not very likely that people are going to be free of their suffering. 
in a way that that knowing of the way things are is the equanimity element it's like we bring as we do the metta as we do the compassion we bring that element of the equanimity which says yes i wish for this i wish for all beings to be free but i also understand that this wish may not necessarily bring about this freedom as we do that, as we hold that, we're, we're, we're transforming our relationship to the suffering. We're transforming and purifying our relationship to come into contact with the suffering. Because if we come into the contact, if we come into the contact with the suffering and we want it to be different, we don't want it to be the way it is, we don't want things to be this way, we will, we will be in what, we'll, what we will give rise to is our own aversion, our own fear, our own attachment. And so through the practice, again and again, we're letting go. We're letting go into, uh, into the wish, into the hope that perhaps things could be different. And as we do that, we purify our own heart. We purify the the, the aversion, the fear, the attachment that is within our heart and allows us to make contact, make contact with that pain. So it's very much a practice that we're doing for ourselves, purifying our own heart. All the Brahma-viharas are purification of our own heart. We recognize, too, that, like the, in the first noble truth, that there is suffering on this earth. There is suffering in this life. And through that reflection, we come into a kind of an acceptance with that truth that there is no way out of certain kinds of suffering. If we are born, if we come into a human body and mind, there's going to be aging, there's going to be sickness, there's going to be death. Nobody is free of that. And so the compassion practice awakens us to that first noble truth, to the truth of this existence. This is the way things are. All humans will, all humans and all creatures, all living beings will feel certain levels of suffering in this life. We're all in this predicament together. So we, to begin the compassion practice, we have a phrase in the compassion practice. It's really one phrase, whereas in the metta practice, there's four phrases. In the compassion practice, generally, we have one phrase, or you might want to have two phrases. We keep it very simple. It's useful to take a little time with your phrase so that your phrase actually has meaning for you. It's, it's, it's something that you resonate with. Traditionally, the phrase for compassion practice is, may you be free from your pain and sorrow. May you be free from your pain and sorrow. You may want to, there are different ways that you can word this phrase. You might want to say, may you be free of suffering. Just something very simple. May you be free of your suffering. Or you can include yourself. You can say, I care about your suffering. 
or I am with you in this pain and sorrow. It's a way of connecting with the person by including yourself there. You need to experiment with the phrases because some you may want a phrase that b- implies more of a loving acceptance of the pain rather than freedom from the pain, a way of, of coming into uh, uh, of the acceptance, like a phrase that says, may you find peace with this suffering. May you find peace, which is, which is an a, a, a implication of more acceptance than freedom. And so each one needs to see whether a phrase uh, that you use leads you to more of an openness in your heart or whether a phrase takes you closer to the, the, the sorrow or the grief. And see what kind of effect the phrase has and you can spend some time uh, uh, finding what words really touch you and open your heart for you. With the compassion practice, we begin with someone who is in great physical or mental suffering. We begin with the person who you know who is in the most pain, somebody who you'd like to bring into your compassion practice. In the text, they say this person should be a real person, somebody that you know rather than Uh, sort of a vague or abstract sense of the suffering that exists on the planet, but a real person. And when you are sending the compassion, it helps to also to have an image of the person, to to have some clarity about who you're actually sending to, and uh, to reflect, to feel into the difficulties that this person has. Let yourself feel as much as you can and see what happens as you come into closer and closer contact with that pain that this person is is incurring. And then you open up to the other categories, the self, the benefactor, a friend, indifferent person, difficult person, and then all beings. Uh, You don't have to do it in any linear kind of way. Um, you can, it's helpful to start with the person who is in the most pain, and then you can open it up to whoever you would like to open it up to. Uh, And it's very helpful to include yourself as well at some point. You just see how how you want to go with it. Tonight we'll we'll do uh, a guided practice together, uh, but when you're doing it on your own, it's very helpful just to find your own pace. Find your own rhythm with it. Take time with it. Take time with the phrase. Take time with the, with the pace. And just see what happens at the, at the feeling level of the heart. What happens in your heart when you get close, when you bring in, come into contact with the painful element. As I said, it can, when we come close in this way, it can be, it often can happen that we start to touch into the sorrow, the fear, uh, the despair, 
our attachments about how we want things to be a certain way. These are called the near enemy of compassion because in a way they kind of disguise themselves as compassion because we're feeling, there's a lot of feeling there, but it's not really compassion because compassion has the equanimity in it where we can also know that things are the way they are. If you find yourself feeling the despair or the sorrow or the fear, the first thing to acknowledge is that this is very natural, that this happens, to uh, bring yourself into a place of acceptance, and then to breathe softly, to breathe softly and anchor yourself into the present moment, into the feelings, into your body, so you really can feel what's occurring. And then it can be helpful at that point to reflect on the fact that we really all share this same predicament. We may be in contact with this one person or this one person suffering, but if we can go kind of underneath the fear and recognize that we're all in this together. Nobody is spared from suffering. And as we feel this, we may feel a kind of oneness or a solidarity in the suffering that we share together. And, we may, and this may help to quiet the mind, quiet the feelings, and bring a certain kind of uh, even contentment and sort of a balance in ourselves as we, we recognize the, uh, the, the oneness of the situation. So it takes time and it takes some uh, skill. So I do um, encourage you to, for these. We're going to be working with this until uh, Sunday when we'll go to the next Brahma Bihara. So we have about four days or so to Uh, work with the compassion. So you can um, see how it goes for you. And so now for this next half hour, we'll begin, uh, I'll do a guide, we'll do a guided compassion practice together. So beginning by breathing easily and naturally in your body. And as you do any of the Brahma Vihara practice, it's very helpful to stay in contact with your breathing as a way of keeping your body fluid, your feelings fluid. Begin by bringing an image of somebody to mind who is in great suffering, physical or mental.
seeing this person or having a feeling for this person. And letting yourself be touched by their difficulties. And when you get somebody in mind, extend your compassionate wish wish for this person. You may want to say, may you be free of your pain and sorrow. Or I care about your suffering. Or may you find peace. Or you can also even use a word that's more specific than suffering, like sadness or fear or loss or illness. And it's fine to take a little time and experiment. Repeating the phrase or two phrases as you hold this person in your heart.
If you feel ready now, you can include yourself. May I be free from pain and sorrow. Or you can continue with the person who you began with.
you're ready now, you can move to your benefactor. Moving to a friend, a dear friend. Sensing the person as much as you can.
and if you're ready now, the indifferent person. including the difficult person. In this case, the person you have difficulty with.
And to finish the guided meditation, we'll open up to all beings. May all beings be free of their pain and sorrow. May all beings be free of suffering. May all beings be free of suffering. May all beings awaken to their compassionate heart. May all beings be free.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.